thought it's already happened, my message. <laughs> um, yeah, it's all about prayer. It's the last one in our series of um, foundations that we've been looking at in Acts 2.42, where the disciples, the early disciples, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayers. And um, I actually feel quite uh, like um, I'm learning because last Sunday there were some extraordinary answers to prayer. Um, if you were here, uh, thinking of um, Helen uh, getting that passport application out of, say, nowhere, but people were praying. I mean, there's no logic to it. There's no rationale about it. It was a God moment for them, and they're not here this morning, so I assume they've gone. <laughs> um, so that's great. They have, <laughs> getting a message from the back. And then um, I think it was Jenny, wasn't it, about the medical uh, issue, and you got an appointment or something that was, you know, that you couldn't have naturally, in the natural, expected. Um, I mean, I don't know why I'm here speaking, you know, <laughs> what's actually happened last week and what's already happened this morning is just quite extraordinary. Um, and um, I, if I've... I try to think of the other testimonies and stories that came out last week, and, and if you were one of them, forgive me, I haven't, I can't remember, but uh, there was some extraordinary stuff that was shared. And so um, I just want to just try, just try and um, uh, try to encourage you this morning, and also to challenge you, because there is a challenge in prayer, um, but it's just great being together, it's just great to be able to take time out, um, for everything that's going on. You know, um, just this, uh, just, well, it's not just this week, but uh, no, no, it's this I want. Um, there's so many voices clamouring for our attention today, and often um, we just get caught up in that, uh, uh, and we either forget about God or we forget to do the simple thing, which is to pray. <laughs> Um, because there's so many other things. Now, some of you will know I have um, hearing problems, but I have this little uh, gadget, which is called a fine tuner, and um, I, I can adjust uh, different settings on it um, to try and make uh, the sound in the environment around where I am a little bit easier for me to hear. So one of them is actually cuts out, or supposed to cut out, background noise, and it does, actually, um, but it's not perfect. And I just feel this morning God is just saying to us, amongst many other things that you've, I'm sure you've already taken on board, that sometimes the, 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 the God, God wants, wants us to switch, to, the, the, to switch off the background noise of the clamour uh, that we hear um, or through the news, through social media, through... Um, your work environment, school environment. Uh, it's a tough call these days. And so I, I just want to pray, Lord, that you will just um, help us or just continue to be with us, that something that uh, we share this morning might just uh, touch a nerve in our hearts that will help us to refocus and to uh, re-establish our desire and our devotion to you. So... We just pray, come, or continue, Holy Spirit, to 
be with us. In the name of Jesus, amen. I want to, uh, in talking about prayer, to just recommend one book. Um, You may well already have it. You may have already been through some of the uh, material that's online. It's called How to Pray, a simple guide for normal people. Uh, That's appealed to me uh, by a man called Pete Gregg. And um, uh, he started um, what is known as the 24-7 prayer movement, which now apparently extends to dozens of of countries around the world where there's non-stop prayer. And um, uh, he's written a a few books, and this is is one. And um, if you're looking for something that is uh, helpful, practical, something that um, is easily understood, then maybe get a copy of this um, and just go through it um, chapter by chapter. And uh, I'm sure that you will be encouraged and helped. So that's just a little recommendation. Um, If you're looking for something to read on holiday, if you're going on holiday, why not get that book? And um, whatever, wherever you're going. And um, so there we go. Um, I'm also going to ask uh, later on um, for Jane to tell a story um, that uh, has a big answer to prayer in it. But um, let's just quickly go through, we'll see how we go with this. Uh, this is the last in this series of, uh, of um, uh, foundational practices that the early church um, uh, were involved in. The apostles teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers. And if you haven't or you weren't around for any of the Sundays when this series was on, then um, please do um, go back uh, onto the church website and listen to the messages. There's some uh, outstanding stuff on that, and um, so very good. But just again, just to put the uh, the whole theme of where the, the apostles were at the beginning of the book of Acts into a little bit of context, if you like that sort of thing, um, it would have been the disciples would have been refocusing on Jesus's teaching uh, to his followers about prayer as God being their Father. Uh, and um, it would no doubt have involved them re-understanding what uh, Jewish people even today understand as the Shema, S-H-E-M-A, which uh, were and are today daily liturgical prayers for Jews. Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 to 5 says this, and this is this, the Shema prayer. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. And actually, we could actually pray that for ourselves, couldn't we? Um, In our own way, um, about uh, uh, loving the Lord our God with all our hearts, just rededicating our lives. And I quote here, the Shema prayer was not simply the Jewish declaration that God exists, It is an affirmation that God is the only true existence. Jews are commanded to accept the kingship of Jesus twice daily by reciting the Shema. And then uh, uh, on the back of that, um, that the, the Jewish people would have been doing for centuries, Jesus comes on the scene and he starts talking to his disciples and followers about prayer. Uh, you've got Matthew 6, Luke 11 about the Lord's Prayer and other, uh, other teaching. 
So this morning, just want to try, if we have time, to look through three different things, uh, ask three questions. One is, what shaped the early believers as they prayed? Uh, the second one that we'll come to in a minute is, what did the early church pray for? And thirdly, um, what does this actually mean for us? So what, does, what shaped the early disciples as they prayed together? It's so simple that we miss it. And there are two, two things. One is they were devoted to prayer. There was devotion. And there's that sense in that word of uh, affection, uh, dedication, uh, even enthusiasm, uh, faithfulness, reverence, sincerity, worship, zeal. Each of those words actually uh, encompasses devotion in different ways and from the inception of the church the early Christians were devoted to prayer. It seems to me that it was the driving force behind all that they did. For example immediately after Jesus's ascension into heaven the 11 disciples returned to the upper room in Jerusalem and Luke records their first activity in Acts 1.14 that they uh, the disciples joined together devoting themselves to prayer. And so prayer was central. It was foundational. I believe that is why Luke put this in Luke uh, in Acts 2, verse 42, that prayer, with the other things we've been thinking about over the weeks, was a foundation stone. And then, of course, at the end of Peter's famous sermon on Pentecost, there was a similar act of devotion, which we've, that we've been basing our last few weeks on, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship and the breaking of bread and prayers. And that then continues through the early days of the church. And even the Apostle Paul, when he becomes a believer, he just uh, understands that. And For example, in Colossians 4 verse 2, it says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And I think that's a good a good phrase, it's a, uh, devoting ourselves to prayer, but being watchful for what's going on around, being aware of what's going on, praying into those situations and being thankful. And the second thing that shaped the early uh, believers was that they prayed constantly. Acts 1.14, I've already mentioned, they all joined together constantly in prayer. There's, again, that sense of persistence, uh, that they prayed regularly, they prayed continually. And Jesus uh, told his disciples when he was alive and, um, and, and before uh, the early church started, in, Acts, sorry, in Luke 18 verse 1, Jesus told uh, his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. So Jesus here is just setting a standard or an example for his disciples and for us to follow, that we should always pray and not give up. Have there been occasions when you felt, well, I just feel like I'm giving up and nothing seems to happen when I pray? Well, Jesus would say to you and to me this morning, uh, don't give up, always pray. And then the message translation, or the message, uh, yeah, translation of Acts 1.14 says, they agreed they were in this for good completely together in prayer. You know, I'd love, I mean, that, that's us anyway, isn't it, as a church? We've been gathering over Wednesday evenings uh, during the summer. Um, I, I believe it's, we were there for good, completely together in prayer. 
And then in Acts 3, Peter and John went up to the temple at the hour of prayer. So there was, they, they carried on doing what, was, what, they'd already, what they were used to doing. It was an accepted uh, practice for them. And then again, um, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, the Apostle Paul says, pray continually for this is the God's will for you in Christ Jesus. If you want to know what God's will is for you, well, one of the things, one of God's will for you is pray continually. <laughs> How that works out, well, you pray. Um, Romans 12, verse 12, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. What a word that is for us as well uh, today. Um, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. So prayer in the early church was, uh, how you can describe it, it was either a spiritual discipline, a spiritual habit, it was a regular practice. But I think actually it was more than just a habit or a discipline, it was a way of life, it was an attitude of heart that underpinned everything that they did. And I'm sure that that is true for ourselves, but we just need to be reminded. And then if we go on to the uh, second slide, what did the early church pray for? Well, that's an interesting question because the early church prayed for a lot of things. If you go through the book of Acts and if you want something to do, if you want a study to do, then maybe go through the book of Acts and with your notebook, just jot down every time uh, prayer is mentioned or uh, and see the context of it. And I'm only going to touch on four of the things that uh, they actually did, uh, they actually prayed for. The first was in Acts chapter 14, verse 23, they prayed for their leaders. It says that Paul and Barnabas appointed elders in every church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord. And um, <clears throat> so what I want to do right now is to pray for the congregational team leaders. Is that congregational team leaders? Forgive me, I'm just I'm learning what the different things are. So if you are a congregational team leader or married to one, <laughs> then just stand up. Could you just stand up? And then if the rest of you around, uh, just hovering around, could you just, uh, just come and and put your, uh, just uh, pray for these people and ask that they will just be anointed to do um, what, uh, um, what Duncan is, is asking of them and that we will make a commitment to pray for these, for these dear folk. And if you forget who they are, put them on a bit of paper, put that bit of paper in your Bible and remember to pray. Uh, during the week. So Lord, we just want to come. Let's just uh, all round, just pray. Uh, pray for folk now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just want to thank you right now for each of these leaders and we just want to thank you for the way that you're directing us as a church and that there's that, uh, there's that sense of uh, 
uh, of uh, newness of hope, newness of life, newness of a new day, uh, to use that expression. Uh, that, that, that's great. A new day. Why should, the, why should the youngsters only be involved in new days for the adults as well? That we will know um, a new day of your spirit amongst us as a church. So come upon these dear folk, Lord, and encourage them, equip them, and we commit them to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so um, thank you very much. And uh, The second, uh, we've actually somehow seem to have lost the screen, but don't worry about that. You'll just have to listen to me. The first is uh, the church prayed for their leaders. The second thing is that they prayed for was uh, what I call the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And um, let me just read uh, Acts chapter 4, sorry, Acts chapter 8, verse 14 to 17. Um, just to give you the context, Acts chapter 8. And this is where um, Philip went to Samaria. And, um, and it then says, verse 14, When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. When they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptised into the name of the Lord Jesus. And Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And um, if you go back to when John the Baptist was, uh, um, was preaching, he, he said uh, of Jesus that, uh, that it would be Jesus who would baptise with the Holy Spirit and fire. And in a great passage in Luke 11 where Jesus is talking about prayer, um, and he's, he's already uh, said when you pray, um, uh, pray the, the Lord's Prayer as we know it, and then he talks about some other issues. And then he says, which of you fathers... Um, no, let's go back, verse 9. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives... He who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of your fathers, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Aye, it's a wonderful, wonderful promise. How much more, how much more will uh, the Father give us the Holy Spirit? And um, the, in, in the epistles, again, there's a lot of teaching about the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And we've already been praying about the Holy Spirit coming upon us. And uh, one of the great prayers that you and I can pray if you pray nothing else, is every morning, come, Holy Spirit. And so maybe at the end, um, we can just pray for one another that we know uh, the, a fresh baptism in the Holy Spirit, a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit to equip us and to just allow um, uh, something within us to bubble up outside to those around us this week. We'll come back to that one, maybe, Anil, if, if we can. The third thing they, they prayed for was, was mission. 
uh, chapter 13, verses 2 to 3, while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. And um, obviously, uh, if, if you read through the book of Acts, you'll see the results of where they were sent and uh, how Christianity, uh, that, that message of God's love and forgiveness and grace affected the whole of the known world in those days. And um, so mission, again, is something that I'm sure uh, we'll, we'll hear more of, but you are part of that mission. I am part of that mission, even tomorrow if you're in work or, uh, um, I don't know, you're not in schools now, are you? The school's broken up. But whatever your situation is, um, ask that, uh, uh, that you would just be set apart, that, that God would set you apart to be his uh, servant uh, in your situation at work and to see what God does. And in a couple of weeks' time, you can come and tell us what the answers are. And the fourth one, and I'm just going to get Jane to come and tell the story, is about healing. And there's a couple of incredible stories in the book of Acts about healing. One is of, of, of um, a, a young woman called Tabitha who died. And uh, it says in chapter 9, verse 40 of Acts, that uh, Peter got down on his knees and prayed. Turning towards the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. And there's more to, obviously, there's the story than that. And there's another great story in chapter 28, 28 verse 8, where Paul, when he is uh, in Rome, imprisoned, he actually was able to pray for one of the governors and um, see healing. So um, I'm going to get Jane, if you can come up and tell this story. And then we'll perhaps um, pray. Yeah, this is... We've got many stories we could tell. This is a he- one about healing. And it was, um, and I wanted to tell this one because it, I think it's relevant to those going to New Day. Um, when we were living down in Seaford, uh, one day I had got three children. Two of them were off sick. So one was on one sofa, one on the other with their duvets. And in, you didn't have all these television channels now. So uh, they wanted a, to watch a video, so I had to, in those days, had to get in the car and go down to the town to rent a video. <laughs> Things had changed. So, which I did. Anyway, when I got back, I saw the front door open, and I thought, oh, no, what have they done now? And it was the lady next door that had come in. Uh, David was, I don't know how old he was, 11. Sally was a teenager. Well, apparently, David had a, a grand mal fit and had run next door to get the neighbour... And so that's why the door was open and she was in there. And, um, and then he had this other one. So I immediately called the doctor because there was no epilepsy around so in the family. So, and the doctor came and got an ambulance right away and took him to hospital. And they found that he had... Um, it's difficult to know what with, with children, you know, they don't... They thought it was epilepsy, but it wasn't. And they rushed him to another hospital in an ambulance with all these um, nurses and doctors. And they found that he had, um, well, he had high blood pressure. So, and, and anyway, to cut a long story short, it turned out he had a very, very rare tumour. For anyone medical, it was a pheochromocytoma. Um, <laughs> and uh, 
it meant that he had this tumour on his adrenal gland, which was causing 25 times too much adrenaline to go round his body, which caused his blood pressure to go sky high, and he, fit, he was fitting. So um, uh, he was quite ill for a, for a while in hospital. They got him stabilised, and we were just about to move to up to Bexley Heath to join a new church plant up there. And I remember sitting in the hospital signing the contract, you know, <laughs> of sale. But anyway, he, he, um, David Rigby came down from Sig Cup to pray for David. And we were obviously, the church was praying, we were continually praying. And then when we moved up, he was transferred to Great Ormond Street and had, you know, various visits. And, and then we were, in those days, we had, the, there was between the Downs Bible Week, people remember the Downs Bible Week, and Stonely, there were two years with nothing, and they thought, well, the children are missing out. So they had what they called conquerors, which is, I think it was for, for 10 to 12-year-olds, I think. And um, I'd taken them the year before, Seaford um, children. When we got up to Sigcup, because uh, we went to the Sigcup church first, they hadn't taken theirs, so I said to them, well, I'll, it was brilliant. The children were so blessed, I'll take Sidcup's children, which I did. So David was with them because he was on medication. And we went to them this Bible week for the children. And um, you know that in, in their Bible weeks, they, they go into groups, divide into groups, and they pray for each other, do all sorts of things. God meets with them. And, on the, and David apparently had asked his group to pray because in September, after the school holidays, they were going to remove his adrenal gland. They couldn't remove the tumour without moving the, removing the adrenal gland. And um, although he'd had lots of operations and things before, he was, he was very frightened. So he asked his group, can you please pray that I, I won't be frightened? So, and, um, so they grouped, they did, and he got up at the stage the last day, you know, saying, got on the stage, I was frightened, but I'm not frightened anymore. You know, God had, God had uh, answered his prayer. But God had done even more, God had actually healed him. And he began to be known after that as the boy with the missing pheo, as the short for the long name of the tumour, because they couldn't find it anymore. But for years, we were still under the hospital because they wouldn't believe it. They, I don't know, I don't know what, they can't, because it wasn't a normal discharge, discharging this person because... And um, as he got, he even got to 15, so he was in a more grown-up um, hospital, and uh, and they wouldn't, still wouldn't discharge him. I had to discharge him, and um, it, you know it was amazing. The the um, consultant said, I, "I don't mind because I, I kept saying, well, the church have prayed and young children prayed, and he was healed, and in, in he, said, he said, well, here's my phone number.'" anything you phone me up but he um so I had to discharge him but and he's been all right ever since but it was just it wasn't I mean we had been continually playing Dave Rigby came down and prayed but it was when the children at the bible week prayed that God touched him so it doesn't have to be church leaders it doesn't have to be adults it was 10 and 10 to between 10 and 12 year old children that prayed for him and God healed him so, uh, you know, I think it's exciting with New Day, isn't it? You don't know what God's going to do. But I know he always moves mightily amongst the, the, the youth at these Bible weeks. So, yeah.
Yeah. We're running out of time. I'm gonna, um, I, I just want to pray. <laughs> That's all. I just want to pray, see what God will do. I'm, I'm going to forget about what does this mean for you and me. You're going to have to ask yourself that question this week. Actually, it's the same as what it meant for the early believers, about being devoted to prayer, being consistent and being persevering. So um, anyway, so that's that. So can we just um, pray? Yes, if uh, we'll have um, Nick and Claire just come up and we're going to... I've forgotten the actual song we're going to sing, but um, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to come. Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, just a bit conscious of time, but are we okay for um, a few minutes? And um, yeah, so let's pray. I, 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 it's great. I, I feel it's almost prophetic about uh, that story that we've just told, although <clears> it's obviously <throat> very personal to us about for you, uh, for, for you guys going to New Day. I, you know, I, I just believe that. There's going to be some, let's just, let's just believe beyond our wildest dreams. Actually, scripture says that he, what's it, um, give beyond, um, I can't think, what's that verse? It says beyond our imagination. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that's right, beyond our wildest dreams. So let's just uh, stir our hearts. If you want to stand, that's fine. If you want to sit, that's fine. But let's just see what the Holy Spirit will just come and do amongst us. Um, you know, the thing is about this is that it's not just for you and me. This is uh, like a commissioning to go out into this week, into your work situations, um, into whatever situation you're in, um, to be refilled with the Holy Spirit, to mm. uh, just, who knows. And I'm sure we're going to have more stories. So I was really stirred last week when we heard those stories. Um, so let's just let the stories carry on. Let the stories come in. Let's uh, let's keep praying for new jobs for people who need new jobs, like we have been. Let's pray for exams where the people have passed exams, and uh, you know where there's you know there's been struggles there. We've seen the answers to prayer. You you will be able to tell our stories. So let's get going.